This week at Macy's, get great deals on fashion and home essentials. Update your wardrobe with 20% off new spring shoes and sneakers and 20 to 50% off fresh looks for him and her. Plus, transform your space with Lux Hotel Collection Bedding, now 40% off. And Macy's Star Rewards members can earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Episode seventeen, DB. It's been it's been a minute. We've been gone for a minute. It's just seventeen. It's not seventeen. No, it's just seventeen right now. But if okay. we do another episode, it'll be seventeen point one. But Joe, we're not going to do. We're that. like athletes. We were tired after those five. Man, that was a grind for you, for me. You securing the guests, me and doing the editing. But uh, it was great. The reaction was great, and we're closing in on. Uh, 50,000 total listens. I think this episode will put us over 50,000 for something that started with no fanfare in September. I think that's just an amazing number. DB, I don't think I've ever seen you tired. You're just one of those guys that's on go all the time. <laughs> but I will admit, at the end of that run of those five, I looked over at you one time, and you were a little glossy-eyed. I was, like you were, I was bro. You, you, <laughs> You had had enough. You, gra- you ground me down, man. That was <laughs> yeah. tough. Five in a row. <laughs> well, maybe we'll. Maybe the next time we go on an extended run, we'll do three in a row. But we won't do five in a row. But look, since we've been gone, a couple yeah. things. Uh, we have a lot to get to, as always tonight, fans. Back, we'll right. we'll hit three different periods. We'll do a lap around the NHL. We'll talk about the LA Kings. We will. Uh, Share some interesting fan-related comments uh, about that. We'll get into Derek Forbert and Alec Martinez coming back. But uh, quickly, DB, uh, the New Year's Eve game. I do just want to kind of yeah. start there. Uh, that was that was a fun game. Absolutely. Kings Flyers, as I've said several times on the podcast, one of my favorite, favorite. things to do is circle on the old uh, calendar when the schedule comes out. Love watching those two teams. And uh, that was a very entertaining game. And I'll tell you, the Kings, they, there was a track meet in the first period. Those two teams were flying. Really fun game. But there was something interesting that I noticed, DB, uh, during that game, and it had to do with the crowd reaction. Normally, when, when, when the Kings are on a roll like they were in that first period, mm-hmm. that fan buzz throughout the building. They're into the whole game. They're into every hit. And to me, it, it, it didn't have any sustained momentum. It was like they were excited for a minute, and then they would just sort of chill out. I don't know if it was a New Year's New Eve, Eve thing, maybe, yeah. or if it's, it's just the Kings this game. season. I don't know what it yeah. was, but I noticed it just didn't have that fever pitch for the full 60 minutes or full two and a half hours. And, John, they hadn't scored four goals in the first period for five years. It was 2014 <laughs> against Minnesota. Maybe that's what it was then. People didn't shock, know what to do. <laughs> people were in shock. They were in shock. Exactly. Uh, Fast-forwarding a little bit to tonight's game. Uh, the Kings, they dropped yeah. one to, uh, to the Nashville Predators. It was close for a minute. They were they were in it for for just real quick. Well, you can't. They had one good period. Yeah, and to me, what it shows, John, is that the last three losses they've had: St. Louis, Vancouver, and Nashville. They just don't have the horses to compete mm-hmm. with those teams right now. So when we talk we about... We just need a button that just says that. Yeah. So when you look at traction and the standings, which isn't a bad thing, right? I mean, now they're alternating wins and losses. They're a 500 team. This is what They're going to beat the mediocre to bad teams. Um, they, they just 
they're just not enough horses to beat these good teams. So I think that's that's my biggest takeaway tonight. And you can't play one period against the Predators, and Predators have not been playing well. You know, they lost the uh, the Winter Classic game. They lost Ryan Ellis to the the elbow to, to Corey by Corey Perry. Uh, but it, it, when I just watched this team, there's just not enough there offensively to compete just yet. And shame on you, Corey Perry. Shame on you for denying the fans of Southern California your awesomeness. You're not going to return at the Ponda. You're not going to be here on Wednesday night when the stars come to the Staples Center. And, DB, I was having this argument offline the other day uh, with a friend of mine about the most hated players from a Kings fan perspective. And, you know, in, in my opinion, and I would love to hear from Kings fans on this, I think that Kings fans, longtime Kings fans, probably hate those Oilers teams like Craig McTavish and mm-hmm. Craig Muni, of course, me personally because right. of what he did to Sandstrom's leg. But yes. just I, I think of those teams. And then in then there were sort of like the Detroit wet, uh, Red Wing years in the early 2000s here yeah. at Staples Center. But I don't ever really remember Kings fans hating a particular player on the Red Wings. It was just they hated the Red Wings and their fans more than anything else. Right, that's what it was. So, and their dominance, too, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. So when it, when it comes to individual players' hatred... I think I think that the player that Kings fans have hated more than anybody else would be Chris Pronger. And then really? I think Corey Perry is in that conversation. Absolutely. So I don't know. We need, maybe we need to do a poll on that. You should because poll that. Because I that. think maybe – I think Perry might outstrip Pronger, to be honest He might. He might. Because yeah. especially that recency bias. But, the uh, recency bias and just his style of play, TJ. <laughs> I think that. What did what did Jeff Carter once tell me? He called. Uh, I think he called him a dirty little weasel or yeah, something like exactly. that. Exactly. And Chris Pronger's a Hall of Famer, right? I mean, so well. Uh, that, 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 I don't think that any Kings fan that ever hated Pronger, you know, lessened their their hatred because no. he he ended up in the Hall of Fame. Perhaps Agreed. I don't yeah. know. Okay. Uh, well, let's move on then. Shame on you, though. Uh, uh, well, he will Perry. be here in April, though. They do make one appearance. We're talking about April? Yeah, April. It's January 4th. And We're that about- game may, may be inconsequent. I mean, okay. Be All right. He'll be here in April. Circle the calendars. But, yeah, but it was. Oh, no, he was might prepped. be. There's no guarantee with Corey Perry. He might <laughs> receive another suspension between now and then. <laughs> right. But they were prepping for this game, the Ducks were, too, for the big tribute. And everybody was <laughs> oh, they had play. a video? <laughs> Probably, yeah. Probably? Yeah. Okay. Well, shame on you, Corey Perry. Yeah, Other than that, a fantastic Again. Winter Classic DB. Yes. Um, you have, you've mentioned just oh, – I didn't have this on the list tonight, but you've mentioned uh, that you're thinking about going to the game next year because it's going to be in Minnesota and you have Minda Winter Classic. Yeah. I, I don't feel that I need to go next year. I went to the outdoor game in Minnesota, and mm-hmm. I feel I went to the underscore outdoor game in Minnesota because it had – I love when they do the older players. I'm not. What are they calling them? They're not calling alumni. Them the alumni game. Right, Thank you. Exactly. Um, I, I was not like old timers like they do right. at Dodger yes, Stadium exactly. when they bring the the veterans back, uh, the alumni back. But I went to the ultimate alumni game there, yeah. uh, which Ronick. you had Jeremy Roenick right. and you had Chelios. I mean, that was fantastic. Yeah, Madonna. Uh, Madonna. Example, I mean, yeah. the whole thing. It was, it was ridiculous. It was, it was ridiculous. It was like a Mayor's Manor Hall yeah. of Fame that was going on. <laughs> and then you had Stoley playing for the Minnesota Wild. Right. I'll never forget the look on his face when I walked in the locker room. He was <laughs> he was so confused. And the Dropkick Murphys played that weekend as well. So what a fantastic weekend. Yeah, I have been to Winter Classics. I was to... You went to Fenway, right? I went to Fenway, and I went to the one at Citizen Bank when... Uh, um, Henrik stopped the uh, penalty shot against Daniel Briere oh, okay. at Citizen Bank's ball. But I think just the presentation of the game in Dallas excited me again. And the one thing I take away from that, John, is that 
You don't need the Penguins or the Blackhawks in the Winter Classic to make it a good game. <laughs> that was a compelling game. The emotion from Radulov when he scored that power play goal, it was just executed so well in a stadium that, John, to be honest with you, is a dump. Right? I, didn't, I didn't know. Did you read the article? I think it was on NHL.com, and I apologize if it wasn't whoever wrote it because it was a great article. Right. And they were going through some of the backstory. Did you know that originally, maybe you do, they were only planning on the, uh, about 50000 yeah. at the game yep. and the ticket sales, and they kept opening up the sections. Yes. They never expected 85000 And did you read the backstory about the guy from NHL? Uh, the marketing team, or wherever he was from, the PR team, right. how he went to the Red River game. Yeah. And that's sort of when he came back and he was like, oh, yeah, we have to do it. Yeah. And he sort of kind of alleviated everybody's concerns about the older stadium, yeah. the lack of suites, and, you know, yeah. that it wasn't a modern facility. Well, John, when they announced the game, I was like, meh. <laughs> Man, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I, I, we were going to plan on going, and then I wound up going to Dallas a couple of weeks before that, so we, we took that off the board for New Year's Eve. But when I watched, to me, the, the one salient vision I have of that game was that when they did a stand-up before the game, and they had uh, NBC Sports up there with uh, Mike Tirico and um, um, who's the GM, the former, uh, Mike Milberry, um, to see the, the, the thousands of people streaming into the front end, the cotton ball, I'm like, wow. And we had Steve Mayer on the uh, hot stove for, from um, – who's the head of NHL events from Sweden. And he told me, he says, yeah, we sold 83,000 tickets. for." It. If you told me six months ago they were going to sell 83,000 tickets for that event, there's no way. So that, that kind of spurred my interest. But next year at Target Field, it was 55 degrees in Dallas. It might be five in, in Minneapolis. <laughs> Plus, it's only about 40,000 That's people a tiny there. baseball yeah, stadium. It's, it's one of the smaller ones. It's probably about 40,000 yeah. or so. But they, have, they plan a whole like week of activity and stuff like yeah. that. So just, just the great presentation of the game in Dallas just kind of spurred my interest again. So I'm kind of playing it. And of course, you and I will be up in, in Colorado Springs, for that, which should be a lot of fun as well. I, I'm all in on the outdoor games. I just have a, a bias. I prefer them in the football stadiums. I think you the do. sight lines are as better. As opposed to baseball. Yeah, yeah, I just, I mean, as much as I love Dodger Stadium, come on, right. it was a dream come true to see the Dodgers. Of course. I mean, uh, excuse me, to see the Kings and the Ducks play at Dodger Stadium. Right. Um, however, the game presentation I thought was much better, and I hate to say it because it was in NoCal, but right. uh, up, up. Uh, at Levi's? It, yeah, it was just. It's better. The sight lines are better. The game in Minnesota that I just referenced, that was at the college. And, again, the, the sight lines, I think, because of the, the, you know, the rectangular shape of, of the a rink. hockey uh, yeah. rink, it just, to me, it looks better yeah. in a football stadium. But uh, target field, you can't go wrong. It, it is a tiny field. Okay, um, okay look, DB, we, let, let's move on. Let's get back to the Kings here. Sure. Uh, you recently put out your piece. Everybody reads it on the fourthperiod.com. You had the midterm grades. Let's talk a little bit about it. Uh, people should read the article, but I want to do – uh, hit a couple of highlights because you graded uh, Kopitar. You gave an A to that was who you gave your best grade to. Yeah. I probably would agree with that. Um, your worst grade, if you want to call it that, uh, your poorest grades you gave to Kempe, Wagner, Ryan, and Lewis. I'm going to uh, defend Trevor Lewis and and Kemp. Uh, excuse me, uh, Trevor Lewis. Yes, because he's been injured a bit. Yeah. Um, uh, but he's two seasons removed from 14 goals, John. Okay. Right. Joachim Ryan, I mean, what, what did you expect from him? I, I don't really understand. Like, he is what he is. Bit, yeah, you better. expected more? A little okay, bit well, he is Some what he is. Some sort of impact? None? Wagner, I think you were too easy on. I would have gone a little bit harder on Wagner. I just yeah. haven't seen Let much. Let me ask you, though, aside from those guys, John. Okay. Great Drew Dowdy for me this year. I probably would give him a B plus. B plus. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I couldn't give him an A, um, but at the same time, I do think that there is something to be said, especially defensively, for uh, forget all this nonsense you hear about we, we all understand the system, we should all play with each other. Right, right. I, I don't buy into all that okay, stuff, okay? Um, I think that there's something to be said for consistency. 
mm-hmm. in business and on the ice, mm-hmm. just in, in relationships and anything. Right. There's a there's a comfort level, and Drew hasn't had that uh, with Forbert being out. Right. And Agreed. so with all of these different guys coming in, I actually give Drew credit for making most of them look decent <laughs> most nights. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Because I think when you're an elite athlete, and Drew is elite of the elite of the elite, yeah. you know, you could argue he's one of the three best defensemen in the, in the NHL. And for him not to have that consistency and to not have that go-to partner mm-hmm. like he had during the cup years here, true. Um, I, I give him a little bit more credit. But there are other nights where I, I just I want to see more from Drew and or I want him to Agreed. calm down. That, so Yeah, and to me, he's the highest-paid player on the team. He's a top-five cap hit in the, in the league this season. And that's just his performance just isn't enough, but you know, mitigated by the fact that his partners and the team isn't really there, and there's not really that support. I, I have no problem giving him a B, and you know, me for one would like to see him at the All Star game voted in, but uh, it's just not enough. It's like when I watch Roman Yossi tonight, yeah, you know that he should be at that level. Maybe he's not the offensive player Roman is. But just I, I just want a little bit more from him. I do, and I know that he has a little bit more to give, and I think that he will give more. Uh, as he gets more consistent and, and more talented partners. Or you found a, a regular partner. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. Yep. Uh, but but I, I do take one exception to one thing that you said, though, okay. TV. I don't like the concept of evaluating a player according to his contract. We, we hear this all the time, and I'm sorry. I just don't buy into it. Okay. I evaluate Drew Doughty based upon my expectations for him. Whether right. he makes $8 million or $11 million or $15 million, it doesn't... Mm. It doesn't just, I don't know, maybe it's just me. It doesn't enter into my brain. Best paid player should be the best player on the team, and he's not. He's uh, the second best. Okay. Well, he's the best defenseman. Okay. Okay. Because there's a timing thing that goes into that. Because if Dow, if yeah, Dowdy's the highest paid player because his contract was done later. Kopitar's so, came up now. I mean, to me, they're more. comparable when you factor in inflation. Yeah, I get it. Okay, I, I just I just want to... Let's do a whole show on that sometime. We'll call up Cap Friendly and we'll try to do an evaluation on that. Okay, so those were your worst grades. Um, You graded the front office, which I want to get to in a second, but there was a Kempe bet uh, earlier in the year that you made with somebody. Yeah, with a member of the media, which I won't won't name who it is. It wasn't me. Yeah. His last name might be an animal that you might find, you know, hunting or something like that. But um, the bet is uh, Kempe 20 goals. Yes. Over under 20. And yeah. I bet under. Well, the siren here. The Tells horn me here. that I won. <laughs> yes. Yes. No. No goal is what no they're goal. saying. No goal. Exactly. <laughs> so we'll see. And I, I'm, I'm, you know what, John? I'm not going to Sizzler for that steak when I win it either in April. Like whoever's pay, paying for that dinner, it's going to be Arthur Jay's in Manhattan Beach or it's going to be Mastro's. DB, I just had oh, Flemings, by the way, on New Year's Eve yeah. before the how Flyers game. I, just, I hadn't been in a while. Yep. And I, every time I go, I'm reminded how much I really enjoy the food there. It was, it's, yeah, it, it's just consistent. It's always good. It's con- yep. That's what it is. It's consistent. It's always good. I like Flemings. Right, right. Wait so, for the review saying we shouldn't be talking about steak. But okay. Well, we're going to talk about food plenty later. Yeah, we are. Um, <laughs> all right. What about, what about the front office? What would you give the front office on your grade? Okay, primarily this sits with Luke Robitaille. I gave them a C. Okay. Um, because now Luke is the president of the team, but his primary responsibilities are on the business side. Yeah, but where he, Rob Blake is the general he manager, determines the dire- direction of the team overall. Does he? Right? Yeah. Well, he hired Rob Blake. He did. Uh, don't tell me he's not been involved in the Dowdy extension or the Kovalchuk signing or whatever. He, here's my here's my. He issue was definitely involved in the Kovalchuk right, signing. Exactly. That, so, so confirmed. Here's my, here's my issue, and here's why they got a C. Okay. Right. Because we're now, John. Believe it or not, we're over a thousand days into their regime. It's still Dean and Dave Taylor's core. 
They have not changed the face of this team at all yet. And it's three seasons in, John. This isn't, you know, they, they come in promising change because the last regime didn't get it done, and they haven't done anything well, to change Well, that's not it. true, DB. They did not come in and promise change when they first took over. They, they were they promise? promising more continuity. They were going to open things up offensively, but one of the reasons that Stevens was hired was yeah. for that continuity. And they weren't looking for major change on the roster. They didn't really announce major changes on the roster coming until August of this year, even though we were talking about it. I specifically was talking about it in December of last year. And this trade deadline and this coming summer is when I expect the majority of the roster changes. And and Rob's Rob's great, and I did it in a previous – he's an incomplete because I need to see the results of these four drafts. So I'm I'm holding – and look – the Kovalchuk thing was a mistake. He made a good trade with Muzzin, and in retrospect, and I mentioned this, the Darcy Kemper trade looks really bad right now. Okay, so so that that's. But I'm going to give Robin incomplete. They haven't. This is Dean and Dave Taylor's core, still a team, and to be in this deep and not really made any substantial changes to the roster, I, I got to give them a C because okay. you know, and not only that, and when you compound the fact that they they guessed wrong twice on the coach, and they and the best move they've made, even with the Drew Daddy signing was Todd McClellan. So that's why they got back up to a C. I could have given him worse because last year was such a disaster, John. Okay, I'm, I'm, off, Go ahead. Well, You're just smiling, so well, you're well, ready. Well, because I just... Okay, look. I don't want to come off as an apologist because I'm not an apologist. No, you're, you're okay? taking your opinion but I, but I have a hard time lumping in Willie Desjardins and saying they guessed wrong. Yes, they guessed wrong on John Stevens. I, I, I was not a fan of the hire at the time. Mm-hmm. I said it after the Vegas series. I would have terminated John Stevens right then. He's a great man. He's a great hockey mm-hmm. guy. He's a better as a number two, not as a head coach. Right. He took the LA Kings as far as he could that year. He did a lot with the team that year as well with Jeff Carter being out. Yep. But I would have replaced the coach that summer yep. rather than let him come into the season. I sure. was on record at the time as you saying are. that. So, Absolutely. But the, 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 the fact that to say that they guessed wrong or they got it wrong on Willie Desch- he was an interim coach. The options were limited. To me, that's a that's a mulligan. That's like that's like, that's not, not a, a real decision. When you had John, when you sat in the press conference at the end of the season and you heard from Toffoli and Dowdy how bad it was, mm-hmm. that's not you don't get a mulligan for that. Okay. Then, then make uh, then make uh, Marco Sturm the interim coach. I mean, you had you probably had one or two other Mike Stuthers, although maybe he wouldn't have wanted to come up. Maybe you force him to be the interim coach for just come up and help us out here because, to me, that's why they don't – and I understand the, the process. When you have far somebody 13 games into a season, there aren't going to be a lot of options. Right, the options the were option limited. the they chose was just horrific. I mean, it was boring. The team was out of it in you know first periods of many games. To me, I, I can't get past In many ways, I'm going to argue. I'm going to argue right. again. I think Please. it was the perfect coach because it led to a top-five pick and an improved draft. It served <laughs> the purpose. So – I, to me, there's a little bit of evil genius that's going on there. Okay, you think so. Okay. All right. Well, that's hey, look, they, they got to the end of the road, and they got Todd McClellan, so if that was a means towards an end. If you think that it was, was a means to an that end. Was, that was the scheme to get to Todd McClellan? No, I think this is what it was. <laughs> this is exactly what it was. It was, a, it was a gamble, but it was a well-calculated gamble, because here's why. Go ahead. With, they had 30 days. That's why my tweet went out in early December. They had 30 days. It wasn't a full-season deal. Here's what it was. It it was uh, the 3rd or 4th, 5th of November, whatever it was. It was early November. Mm -hmm. They had 30 days because how bad the division was. Right. If... If Desjardins was going to give them that that shot in the arm right, that a lot of exactly. new coaches do, right. Nick Alberga's tweeting this all the time. Oh what the records God. are of uh, all these teams and fired get their off coaches Twitter for two minutes. <laughs> okay, Please. but my point is, yeah. if they if they received that initial that shot bump, in the arm, right. that bump, and that pushed them to where they needed to go, then the hire was fine. 
Right. If they didn't, and they continued down this terrible road, it didn't matter who the coach was because at that point on December 1st, they were all in yeah. on the rebuild. And so it was a 50-50 coin flip deal when they hired him, and they went left instead of right. And many people argue they should have gone left that yeah. summer and never even signed Kovalchuk. It's just that, that when you hear the comments from the players about culture and bad practice habits and stuff like that. That part should, I have an issue with. It should never But that also that comes low. to the leadership in the room and... I'm sorry, that was an article that was on Mayor's Manor, shameless yeah. plug, I know, no, no, no with quotes from plug. Blake, with quotes uh, from uh, Yanetti, with quotes from Mike Fuda, back when Againla was here, uh, talking about they lacked the core in that leadership in that room that they needed, and it had gotten away from them, and yeah. that secondary group of players had not matured the way that yeah, they needed. Yeah, I know. I can, we can go back and forth. On this, yeah, but, we're rehashing history at but, this point. But, and plus, <laughs> no, but it's, it's, it's great, it's compelling conversation here, right, that... that when you walk into the room as a player and you don't respect the coach, like you automatically go south, and that's when those habits start clicking yeah. in. And when you don't, when you don't care about practices and guys texting me saying this is not even an AHL coach and things yeah. of that nature, it, it's such a bad choice. That and look, they've got out of it. He right? lost the. They did yeah. get out of it. He lost the room yeah. in three days. Yep. And I've had many players tell me they've never seen a a, a coach lose a room yeah, in three days. Like I, I mean, how do you, how do you lose world a world and Olympic record? How do you lose a room in three days? Yeah, well, You're a yeah. head coach that actually, but, on paper, yeah, you've won an AHL Calder Cup. You've had success in the junior. Like he wasn't just like some bum taxi driver off the street. No, like no. he had some success, he had a track but record, he right. didn't command any sort of a presence, no. and he lost the room. But look, um, yeah. I, I never in my wildest dreams imagined in January 2020 we'd be arguing on Kings of the Podcast about Willie Desjardins. <laughs> Um, so you gave him a front. Let's loop this and, thing and back. And not only that, the grade okay. is for the entire tenure, not for just this season. Okay. For the so offense. so from the higher in 17 forward, you're giving them? C. Okay, a C. All right. I, I, I can live with it. I'm, yeah. I'm okay with it. I don't necessarily agree with it. Um, I, I love the moves that Rob Blake is making, and in every conversation I've ever had with them, I think he gets it. I think he understands it. I think he has a vision. I think he has a plan. I thought they did a great job as an organization of laying it out to the season ticket holders last August. It really smartened up a lot of people in media. It smartened up a lot of fans. Yeah. It really was, was well done, and it talked also about what his team is doing as well, the development staff, um, you know, what Nelson Emerson's role is, all that sort of stuff. He gave a lot of praise to Mark Yannetti. Right. I will say this, though. By the time they're contending, that's five years. From the, so that would be five years. That's a long time for a Last minute of sleep. play in right? the period. That, that's what I'm just saying. That, that, that's where it's good because you and I agree on that point, is that it, it, not next season but the season. That's a long time. Given the core, given well, this is the first year of the rebuild. So how would that be five years? Five years since, well, since they took over. Since they took over, okay. To get to, you know, all right. So five years to clean up or the mess four that years. Created. To, if you want to say they played well in the first, the first half what was the first half of, of the, the first half year. of the first year. Yeah, so four and a half years to get back to contention. Okay, and then, and John, they're placing a huge bet on these prospects. I know they you are. love them, and and they look really good. And and I'm, I, the point I always go back with you, John, is that. Go back three years and watch the World Juniors and who played in those games mm -hmm. and who excelled in those games. So you got to extrapolate out and figure not all nine guys that played are going to be, but if four. Or I, five, I, I totally right? agree with you. Yeah. I totally agree. That, so, that you, so the not all there. of the prospects, that's exactly it right there. Right. Not all the prospects are going to pan out, but the framework was there. Mm -hmm. The odds are now in their favor. So if you go back three years ago, the odds yeah. were not in their favor because they only had one or two Agreed. prospects. Right. And if those guys didn't hit, they were screwed. They totally. Now the odds are in their favor because they're, they're, the cupboard is full. And we're not even factoring in Velarde as well. 
Okay, I'm, I'm well, just talking about the nine guys who play yes, in the juniors. Yes, well, well, there's not. You're not even factoring in Mikey Anderson, no, who arguably no. could be their top defensive prospect. No. Uh, there's a lot. There's I think a lot to bring there. this up that there's going to be a roster issue soon. <laughs> there is definitely going to be a roster issue soon because they're going to have too many kids at a certain level. DB, that's been an exciting first period. There's so much stuff that we didn't get to. Yeah. We're going to push some of this stuff into the second period. We'll be back after the break. Second period, DB. That was uh, an exciting first period there. Oh, yeah. It was engaging. We, we, I don't think we had any of those topics planned no, to talk about tonight. that was off the table. Absolutely. Okay, so after a rather organic uh, <laughs> debate there during the first period, let's get back at it. Sure. So uh, Derek Forbert, he played uh, two games in November with the Ontario Reign, mm -hmm. and then he played three games more recently on a conditioning assignment. Interestingly, he was in Stockton playing last night and then was called up for the game tonight. Um, Alec Martinez made his return. Uh, as well, yeah. so uh, yeah. Alec Martinez tough. fit right inside that six-week window that yeah, was so, sort of projected. So that you, was you said that, John, off the off the jump. You said you said six weeks, and it was forty days, which is well you know, two it, days short of six weeks. The most exciting thing is just that it, it happened on schedule. Not so much that you know what I said was right. That that's just I'm getting information from right, somebody from else. But guys, so right. often. You hear six weeks, and then it, it becomes eight. eight so weeks, you know, exactly. and with Martinez, you really want him back playing as quickly as possible, especially with the trade deadline coming sure. and some of the decisions the Kings have. Well, what does this mean to you to have Derek Forbert back and available now, and to have Alec Martinez back and available? Well, you talk about having a partner for Dowdy. I think mm -hmm. that'll stabilize that. I think you, you put you slot him up there when he comes back, and it puts less pressure on the youngsters too. I mean, it, it, I think it, it. It. I mean, I don't know, John. Do you send Clay back down at this point in time? Well, I think that at some point, Clegg probably has to go back down. Yeah. I know he does because of the AHL All-Star game. We'll get to that That's later true. in the yeah. show. But um, I've always said that I think that Clegg is going to be up with the Kings for the second half of the year. So yeah. even if he goes down right now for a couple of weeks as they sort things out, he will be back up in about a month well, from John, now. Well, John, you know, it could be, you know, a showcase for, for Forber, too, if, he's, if he can show he's healthy. Yes. He can definitely – look, he, as a bottom pair defenseman for a contender or a depth guy, maybe a five or four – um, he can help a team. So, and he's unrestricted at the end of this season. I don't think there's any plans to bring him back because of the log gym they're going to have with all their prospects. So, I think that this is prepping these two players coming back for their next stop in their their career, which could be both after you know as soon as you know, well, as late as February 24th. So, I think it's going it, to. It definitely creates a log jam, you know, with respect to the blue line, not only here, but. You know, John, you, I'm sure you're going to bring this up in the future, is that, you know, they're, they're, they're going to have some roster problems here. They're going to get to a point where there's too many players. So I just think for these two players in particular, I think it's the showcase with respect to, you know, what's the what the, their short-term futures are. Well, and back to Clegg for a moment with yeah. Ryan going on IR, that's going to help yep. him sort of buy some time, you know, and yep. he'd probably stay up here. Uh, and also, Forbert's contract, he's on a favorable deal, DB. He's only at $2.5 million. Two million yeah. So uh, that'll – look, the reason that Forbert probably won't come back to L.A., uh, simply has to do with the fact that another team, provided he's healthy, would be willing to sign him for more money in longer term, term than what the Kings would be willing to do right. uh, because they have so many of these young players and Sean Dersey and Mikey Anderson and Clegg and all these, Bjornfoot. Right. I mean, there's four and players Ryan right Walker there. And Walker have proved themselves. 
Well, so there you go right there. Yeah. I mean, talk about having too many players. Not immediately, but sometime over the next 18 months, if you were able to get Bjornfoot, Dersey, Mikey Anderson, uh, you know, in the lineup, plus Kale Clegg, uh, plus Roy, plus Walker, plus Dowdy, you're at seven defensemen right, right there. And plus, who knows who they draft in this draft? Could be immediate help as well. You never know. Very well could be a defenseman if there was one, um, if they were unfortunate again in the lottery and didn't so, end up in the my, top here's two. Here's my question to John. Let's say they're not one, two. Like, if they're five or six or seven, like, do you think they lean towards D versus Ford? What do you think? Sitting they, here today? Yeah, right Yes. Now. But here's okay. what I will tell you. Okay. There will be enough roster moves organizationally between now and the draft that that could change. Okay. Sitting here today? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the, way, the direction that they would lean because when you look at the number of centers that they have, which is typically who you would take in a t- right. with a top 10 pick, a center or a defenseman, right. much more so than a winger, historically, typically, yeah. um, I think they would lean D. But again, because things are going to change, and you could see one of their prospects getting dealt yeah, in a deal. Yeah, we, we talked about that. Uh, the yeah. Then that, that's going to open things up and sort of change things around, and it depends who's sitting there as well. And it's also, and you mentioned it very astutely, John, when we were watching the game, is that it's the mix of the roster as well. You can't have every single player as a prospect you at some point in time you should be able to package a pick and a prospect right whatever level of prospect and bring back some established talent yes uh, that, that i think certainly up front I mean, that that's what you want to do so while it's going to be great if, if they don't and i don't think they're going to elevate too much because they now alternate between wins and losses it's going to be hard to move up in the standings but i think at some point in time you can have so many assets here you can't fit them all in and if you want to leverage two or three of them to get an established score I think that that's in the future as well. It's not only an established score, but it's also to fill an age gap in the roster. So, yeah, for example, it, you could get like a Carl Grundstrom type who's not at the younger end of the prospect scale. He's at the older end of the right. prospect scale. So if you were to package Toffoli with another player, Toffoli and a prospect, Toffoli, Jeff Carter and a prospect, something mm-hmm, like that, mm-hmm. and then you get back a 24-year-old right. um, from another team, that's not necessarily an established score, but has some high end potential right. that basically you're you're gonna that bring they into like the, and they've been identified. Exactly. Right. And then they're gonna invest them, they're gonna develop. So let's keep moving along here, D B. Yeah. Um, do want to give a quick shout out to the fans. Yeah. Uh, look, we had this guy Jaime who had come up and said hello to us a couple of times. Obviously an astute uh, listener, he brought us some Wetzel's pretzels <laughs> and our favorite flavors of those. So he was listening very keenly uh, to to one of the previous shows. Thank you to all the fans that yeah. come up. DB, they're, they're there every game. Every game, someone comes up to me and thanks us for the podcast. Um, I think this woman tonight, Susan, came up and was really, really thankful. And I, John, you know, I'm here every, every game. It, it happens every single game. Somebody comes up and acknowledges the work we do. But to be fully transparent, John, there are some people out there that, Still don't get it. And if you go to, um, I read the reviews. We're on Apple Podcasts, and we've got like 49 reviews, and I think the ranking's like 4, 5, or 4, 7 out of 5. Okay. But two people really don't you appreciate it. can't please it. all the people yeah, all so the I'm time. So I'm going to read, and one, the one, I'll start with the lesser, lesser. Is this like our mean tweets yes, segment? Yes, this is mean tweets, okay. basically. It's mean reviews. Okay. Okay, so one guy, and this is more to you, John, than me. But oh, go. Okay, great. This is from uh, G. Crawl via Apple Podcasts. All right. And the title of the review is Annoying Opening. Oh, okay. The opening is incredibly annoying, but get past that. It's very informative, especially if you want to know what's going on in the minors. Good chemistry between the guys. Okay, that's, that's the silver medalist. Okay. This per, the next review is the gold. Well, might even be platinum, John. All right, well, you're sitting. You're sitting down. So that was Bruce okay. Buffer, by the way. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I I think the opening is great. Okay. So sorry. So <laughs> this this person, I don't even know if it's a man or a woman. Okay, it's called the Ank on uh, A N C on Apple Podcasts. Right. And 
probably closer to my age and your age, John, because I read a couple of the other reviews. <laughs> okay. And so here's the here's the top. It's first of all, it's a three star review out of five, which isn't terrible. Well, age is just a number, okay. DB. So I'm not really worried about exactly. That. So, so this review is titled "Information is good when the hopes stop patting themselves on the back to give it." Oh, okay. Okay, and it reads as follows: They have good insights to the kings and rot, lots of relevant information, and they obviously have deep contacts and sources. The problem is, is that they are always hitting you over the head with how great they are, and exceedingly high self opinions are great. Well, DB, just based upon the three things that we have to offer, what does he say? We have great insight, great yeah. contacts, and what was the other one? Right. Those three things alone, we should pat Deep ourselves in the back. Those it, are great. It continues, John. <laughs> okay. Their their shoulders must ache from patting themselves on the back so much. No, I get a massage every three days. <laughs> a dash of humility can go a long way, especially oh. in contrast to the usually humble hockey players they interview. It sticks out. Ah, okay. Wow. Okay. Very insightful. <laughs> Very right. insightful. So rain it in a little, rain it, Yeah, rain it in. Be John. humble. We're not that good. No. We're just average. And I mean, this is an okay podcast. But, hey, look. We give you a little bit of information. John, full transparency. We we want full transparency. So thank you to G. Crawl for your critique of John's Open and certainly the Ank or the Ank or wherever you are uh, with respect to our uh, lack of uh, being uh, humble. All right. Well, that was good, man. You, I sprung that. You didn't know what. It, what oh, it's, yeah. well, great stuff. Yeah, thank you. That's enlightening. Well, look, right. DB, Don't I've hurt been motivated now. since birth to be the best at anything that I do. So I think one of the reasons why yourself, I'm so interested in, in partnering with you is that we share a lot of the same work ethic and philosophy. John, so. I love transparency. There you go, fans. Let's move on. All right. Uh, That's a great thing. For those that do like us, continue yeah. to stop by the intermissions. <laughs> Even if you don't like us, come by. Throw yeah. a banana at us. I don't care. Uh, by the way. Um, the briefcase, I did oh, see post-game tonight, yes. Jeff Solomon with Great. his bodyguard, Ron Hextall, oh, was really? there. Oh, yeah, oh, riding shotgun. muscle came in. Yep, flew in uh, for the new year, and so uh, just wanted Manitoba to Manitoba muscle. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a new hashtag now for Hextall. Okay, look, I want to hit on the World Juniors here real yeah, quick, please, DB, Johnny. so we can uh, move this period along. Um, you've been texting me. You, you've, been, you've been eager to hear my take on what happened with Team USA. And before we start on Team USA, and I get into the coach, and I've had some issues with it, I want to say this. We need to remember that this is a tournament played by teenagers. Yes, it's a single agreed. elimination tournament. Please. And for that matter, any age player, when you're in a single elimination tournament, right. anything can go wrong, and it, it can cause chaos, okay? Right. It's really one game that causes ga- all the problems. Because totally. if they won the game uh, against Finland then they would have played in the semis, and so at worst they would have been playing in the bronze medal game. Agreed. But when you lose the game to Finland, then Team USA is bounced out of the tournament, and that's what creates all the chaos. I also want to point out, again, reminding everybody that these are teenagers, Ryan Kennedy uh, from, I think, the Hockey News. News, Yeah, Yeah, he, he was tweeting today that, the Russian goalie who gave up four goals, he's been getting threats on social yeah. media. I don't know what the hell is wrong with you people out there yeah. that are doing this. Yeah. Um, first ridiculous. of all, you don't need to be threatening anybody that's a professional athlete because they fumbled the ball or they right. gave up no. goals. This is entertainment, the world people. Junior championships. Yeah, you don't need to be doing this with the pros either, though. Yeah. I don't want to see any no. death threats for Tom Brady yeah, for no. a pick six. Okay, it's ridiculous. It's this terrible. is entertainment. Get over yourself. Yeah. But then you Get really want to attack teenage kids? Yeah. Like, you guys are sick. Who, when they lose games, are in tears. On I mean, ice. give me yeah. a break. Yeah. Get over it. Yep. All right? Now, with all of that being said, I do want to talk about Sandlin, uh, the coach from Minnesota Duluth. I know he's won a couple of national championships. Mikey <laughs> Anderson's probably going to delete my number from his phone if he hears this because he obviously won two championships there. Right. But I, just, I do want to point out a few things here. And talking to some people, uh, I, because I was really frustrated. Um, I'm watching the games, and I'm going, 
okay, look, I'm not a hockey coach, but how much sense does it take to put Turcotte and Caulfield yeah. together? doesn't take a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Why is Kaliev, the leading scorer on the team, getting less than four minutes of ice time in a game that you're losing by a goal, right? It's a one nothing game. It's an out. elimination game, third period. Why is Kaliev playing less than four minutes? This has nothing to do with me being biased towards, you know, I cover a the Kings, Kings therefore it's a Kings right. prospect. I mean, it would be if Trevor Zegers had two minutes of ice time, he's an Anaheim Ducks prospect. I would have been questioning that also. Totally. Like, I just don't understand. I didn't understand from the very first game the line combinations, the usage of players, yeah. and it just continued to get the worse throughout. The kid was awful against Canada. The whole thing, it was just, it was just getting... And fans, you should have seen the text I got from the mayor so, at the end of the Finland game. It was, I won't share it, but it was, it was very amusing. Well, look, <laughs> I tried, and I, I think I said this to you as well. And the Canada game, I didn't agree with a lot of the decisions yeah. about lineup and, and usage of players, but I was willing to give him a benefit of the doubt and say, hey, look, maybe he's trying to do something. He's trying to. Yeah. He knows what's going to work, so he was trying yeah. to go against the grain because you really didn't have to win that game, as they showed. Right. You, you basically could lose that game and still come in second place Agreed. in the, divi- in the right. pool. So the I consequences get it. He, the consequences game. weren't as grave, right? So he's trying. maybe he's trying something. And okay, fine. Then, you know, he had some success in some of the other games in the pool play although they were against lesser teams. But then it all came to a head in the Finland game to where yeah. I seriously, I just, I was, I was beside myself. So I started talking to a couple of my uh, college sources, people that, that follow uh, the, his program there and know more about him. And they, mm-hmm. they pointed out some interesting things to me. Okay. Um, he basically could have lost in the first round of the NC2A tournament any of the last three years. They won like seven overtime games. Mm-hmm. Okay, last year, and I remember this one, last year Bowling Green was up by a goal late in the third period. Uh, Bowling Green puts the puck in their own net, mm-hmm. and then Duluth comes back in overtime to win the title. Okay. Now, good teams, they find a way to win. Absolutely. I get all that stuff. I'm Agreed. not trying to minimize them winning a championship. No. But it's, what I want to get to here is, is defense, okay? Um, in 2018, if you go back and look at the scores, the 2018 title run that, that he had there, 3-2, 2-1, 2-1, 2-1. Okay, this is excluding empty net goals. Right. Those are tight games. You go to the 2019 title, again, excluding empty net goals. 2-1, one 3-0. 3-0. So there's heavy on defense. Right. Now, right, right. you don't have an opportunity to solidify your defense as much, I believe, when you're in such a short tournament, unless you have seven elite defensemen. Agreed. Right? Agreed. But you're also going up against all these best-on-best countries. So saying, elite right. defensemen are everywhere. They're there in spades, right? right? right. You're going to need to get your offense going. And that's the thing that he could never get going. And so I question this, and I'm just really not satisfied um, with this. And I, wanna f- I just want to read this to you because uh, Ryan yeah. Hardy, he is the uh, general manager, I believe, of the Chicago Steel, one of the better, if not the best, team uh, in the USHL right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Okay, He put out a tweet, which I thought was a, a pretty bold tweet because when you're the general manager of a USHL team, you probably aspire to be something greater in the world right. of hockey, perhaps right. an AHL, NHL career at some sure. point. Okay, He was a former Bruin scout, but he tweeted this, DB. Allow me to read this real quickly. Please, he, ahead, said, he said, there are many great people involved in the hockey uh, in the United States, but the outcome... Uh, this outcome here in the World Juniors is not an anomaly. The reality is that we want to pat ourselves on the back for all of our successes, but we refuse to evaluate potential flaws in our processes and methodology. Sometimes we're fortunate enough to win in spite of ourselves. The truth is that we have a philosophical divide among decision makers in how American hockey should be played. As such, we don't have a uniform plan in roster construction. Uh, We vastly underutilize our substantial resources, both financially and in terms of human capital. We overvalue reliability and conformity while undervaluing talent. 
We're afraid to challenge the status quo, and we're content to hang on to the glory from 1980 and 1996. He's referring, of course, to the Olympics and then 96 being the World Cup of Hockey. Um, As such, the medals that we leave on the table in international competition every year are significant. Until we address this with honest dialogue and a real plan, this will continue to be our reality. Wow. That's something else. He summed it up. So (laughs) I just thought that was an incredible tweet by him. I'm very curious now to follow his career yeah, for sure. and see what happens to him. Uh, you know, being outspoken like that, being outspoken sure. like that. But John, where's where's the the, the non factual part of that tweet? There is one, right? It's all no. There's it's nothing non factual right, about exactly. it. I mean, he's absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, it just it's it's mind boggling, as well as frustrating, how those players were used in the World Juniors from Turcotte. And Caulfield, I mean, they play together in Wisconsin. They were teammates in the national program. Right. I mean, how do you not play them together? Right. It just makes no sense. Yeah. And like I said, Kaliev, who was the leading goal scorer yeah. and was producing, uh, you know, w- with very minimal ice time, why are you not going to him? I just, right. I don't yeah, understand yeah. it. And he did produce. He gave him a shot. He did. Right. He produced. Yeah. So I just don't get it. Very frustrating World Juniors from a USA perspective. Do want to very briefly touch though on the other players, DB, because sure. at the time of this recording, which is on Saturday night, we are two games left in the, this year's World Juniors, mm-hmm. uh, which is a big matchup. Finland, Sweden are going to meet up for the bronze medal game. The Kings, of course, have two prospects on the uh, Swedish team, and they have one prospect left because Kapari was injured yeah. on the Finnish team. Uh, the defenseman, Kim the Finn, mm-hmm. is having a great tournament playing big minutes, yes. top pairing on Finland. It's really, uh, they're going to be more defensive-minded, I think, in this game against Sweden, uh, where Sweden's going to be coming heavy yeah, with the offense. Yeah, yeah. It's the Fajimo show. He finally has his own yeah, hashtag He does. Now. I saw that, John. You so that he there, should be good today. for at least one goal in the bronze medal <laughs> yeah. game. We'll have to see what happens there. Uh, that's going to be a fantastic uh, game. And for folks that don't know, Sweden, Finland is like the equivalent of Canada, yeah, USA. Yeah, like That's a really sure. big deal on, yeah. over, over there in Europe. Even for a bronze medal. For a bronze medal, of yeah. course. Um, and Finland, of course, being the, the reigning, defending uh, gold medal winner from last year as well, they want a medal again. True. And that roster is a little bit thin, um, despite Christian Rutu tweeting out the... Uh, <laughs> by the way, what a way to stick a knife in my back. Uh, if you didn't see the tweet, folks, Christian Rutu is scout for the LA Kings. Just with a really simple tweet uh, to me uh, the other day after the World Juniors. Just the finished flag. That's it. It's just a really nice tweet. Um, and then in, for the gold medal, DB... Yeah. You're going to be you're going to be having uh, two Kings prospects on Team Canada, which would be Akil Thomas and Aiden Dudas, yep. and they're going to be going Canada going up against Russia, and of course the Kings don't have any prospects on Team Russia. So, if you're a Kings fan, you probably would be voting for Canada, but if you're an American, you might be voting for Russia because you don't like Canada. It's a very conflicted <laughs> that's gold a five, game. John. That smells like a five four game to me. That that is going to be right. a crazy game because that's again, be for those that don't know, uh, Russia. Just wiped the mat, wiped the floor with Canada, yeah. six nothing. Uh, they ran right over them in the pool play. So we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, I in think that that's one. five. For, and last three minutes of the game, maybe even overtime. And then the other thing to keep an eye on, the, probably the most exciting thing that's going to happen tomorrow outside of those two medal games um, is going to be that once the games are over, then the final seedings are done, so then they are able to announce the pools for, for next, next year, and next Edmonton year the World Juniors is, would be in Edmonton and in Red Deer. Uh, so You're going to find your way up to Alberta next year. I will season? definitely be there. Okay, yes. well, that yes. might be Airfare two of us. Hotel, good to go. Okay. Let's do oh, it. really? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about You're that. You're thinking about it. I really right. am. I, I love am. it. Yeah. Um, Quick note also on World Juniors, Stephen Nelson, who was a fabulous guest here uh, for us. Unfortunately, his time at the World Juniors was cut short because he was calling the U.S. games. Mm -hmm. He is going to be calling the – it's not called the Prospects game. That's what I call it. It's called uh, 
uh, damn man, I can't remember. It's a January 20th. It's the All American mm-hmm. Showcase, whatever it's called. Yeah. He's going to be calling that. I believe that game's also going to be on NHL, NHL Network. Network. So keep an eye out for Steven Nelson. He calls a fabulous game. Yeah, he did me. a great I, job. Absolutely. I, this, he's already Him and Steve Starman were just. Oh, we got to get Starman on the show. Yeah, I agree. Um, Nelson, he's already signed up. He's excited to go back to the World Juniors next year. Yeah. And I'm like, no, dude, you're going to be, you should have an NHL job by then <laughs> because I just, I love listening yeah. to him call a game. It's so smooth, it's so easy. It's easy. Yeah, he seems very, very comfortable. Very comfortable. Yeah. I just and he's doing it off a monitor. He's not even in the building. So that was uh, for those. Yeah, yeah, when he did the World Juniors last year, he was yeah. up in Vancouver. He's up in Vancouver. Uh, but anyway, I just I think he calls a great game. I can't say that enough. Um, DB, to wrap up this period here real quickly, yeah. let's see it on the uh, the rain. We'll do a lap sure. around the NHL in the third. Uh, on the rain, you had the AHL All Stars that were um, announced this week: uh, Cal Peterson, Martin Furk. Kale Clegg, as I mentioned, you can mm-hmm. expect Ferk and Clegg uh, to go down to yeah. participate. It's a great sure. honor. Uh, the Rain were the uh, only one of two teams to have three players. Mm-hmm. Most teams had one or maybe two. Right. Milwaukee, though, um, also had three players. Uh, so uh, the Kings are going to have th- the Rain, I should say, will have three players in the game there. That's coming up at the end of January. The uh, skills competition is on Sunday night after the a- uh, NHL All Star game, mm-hmm. and then the AHL All Star game itself which is called the All-Star Classic, is actually on that Monday of uh, NHL All-Star Weekend. Uh, the Rain are home this Friday. If you don't have plans, folks, get out there. They only play a few home games in the month of January. They did win tonight. They picked up a win in Stockton, coming off a loss in Stockton last night. So they, they were able to get out of the 209 with the split. Uh, hopefully the Diaz brothers, Nick and Nate, took in at least one of the games. And I do want to mention what happened with college hockey. Yeah, DB, please. I am so impressed with you fans here in Southern California. You guys packed Great Park. You packed Five Points Arena two nights in a row. ASU, Harvard, oh, yeah, the and DB. I don't know if you saw my tweet on this. I was so disappointed. There were tens of thousands of dollars lost. There was no merch that was available. None. Wow. And DB, if you know anything about people and college sports, yeah. they love to support their alma mater or their team. Yeah. They should have been, the ASU shirts and the Harvard shirts would have been yeah. flying off the shelves. Agreed. With both those logos? Are you and kidding? And they had yeah. no merch. You couldn't wow. buy a t-shirt, a sweatshirt, a it's hat, weird. nothing. Wow. I don't know who was responsible for that, but epic fail. And I it's hope the NCAA. next time. Well, next time. They need to have that back. You um, should run the show. Let's I'd go. Just, okay, Who, sign me up. Yeah, Get exactly. me at Mayor NHL. I'll be happy to book it. I have, uh, I have some experience in marketing. Um, Harvard picked up a win on the first game, and then there was a tie in the second game, DB. Too many horns tonight. Yeah, there's a lot of horns. But, hey, right. uh, you know, bring back the yoga. Is that what you're saying? No. <laughs> I don't, we don't know which Down two teams dog. are playing tonight. One looks like they're in blue and yellow. They look like a low-rent version of the St. Louis Blues. Yeah. And the other team is in black and white. Maybe it's the Ontario Rain. They stopped by on their way home from Stockton. <laughs> exactly. So, DB, that's the Rain report. That's yep. the World Junior report. That's your college hockey report. Now, um, after the World Juniors ends uh, this weekend, college hockey will pick back up. You can see me tweeting out the rankings. And yep. very interested to see what happens with Wisconsin, Wisconsin in yeah. the second half. As Tony Granato was saying, he's very disappointed with sort of their play of late after getting off to a pretty decent start. And he's expecting a big second half. So we'll see what happens. And then ultimately... We'll have to see what happens with young Alex Kirkcott and whether he turns pro or not. That's a wrap on the second period, DB. We'll be back in a minute.
Welcome back to the third period of Kings of the Podcast with DB and the Mayor. Third period, Dennis Bernstein, episode 17, yep. Kings of the Podcast. We're rolling right along, DB. Absolutely. Let's see what kind of debates we can get into in the third period yeah. here. And you've got another horn, John. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> what is with the horns? I think every time they score a goal in this game, they throw oh, the horn. I No, I don't. It's well, like the, stop uh, scoring. It's then. like the juniors. Don't they roll a whistle every time there's a puck in the net? Oh, you know what? The music at the World Juniors this year also was just <laughs> horrible. It was terrible. John. Those, the penalty music is amazingly bad. Okay, but then they played Gungam style, yeah. okay, which, I, I mean, like, okay. It's and like then they played 10 years ago. And then they that. played Who Let the Dogs Out. I started laughing. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> you know, going to Buffalo is like Where going back in a time machine. Yeah, exactly. But these guys are really deep in a They're time like machine. like back in 95. What is whatever. going on? Oh, it's out of control. It is. It's, okay. uh, it's funny, though, John. When I, when they listen, and I heard uh, it, I, I, I start laughing. I'm if you like, watch too many of those World Junior games, it starts to get annoying. It's not funny anymore. But I did laugh at who let the dog. Gungam Sky, I just start, shook my head. I'm like, what is this? And Steven Nelson, back to him, he recognized it before I did. The tune was playing, and I'm like, I think I've heard this stupid song before. And then he mentioned what it was. But, yeah, who let the dogs out? Obviously, I knew what that was because it's literally they're saying yeah, who, who let the dogs out. So, anyway. Um, Let's take a lap around the NHL, yeah. DB. And what's interesting about our lap around the NHL today is there are many of these topics actually tie back to the LA Kings. Yes. So right out of the gate, I have nothing to say on this topic, so I'm going to leave it all up to you. Okay. Because I, I am I am out. I am out yeah. of business. I have retired Total from check. this topic. I am, don't want to talk okay. about it. I'm bored. All the wise guys that said he was a washed-up bum, okay. uh, one injury, he's in Montreal. Now, Bergevin was great. He said it's totally on him. At this point in time, he has to make it work. Um, but look, when they lined up tonight to play Pittsburgh, they had Jordan Wheel and Nick Cousins on the right side. Right? He's a better player than both those players. Right? But obviously, and I was on Montreal Radio on Friday. That's the one thing, John. I was on the radio with Sean Campbell, who's the huge, huge Kovalchuk fan, when the news broke. Wow. It was, it was unbelievable. Timing. It's like they just knew the hockey gods knew we were on the air. Um, Claude. Well, you're just going to get another review for exactly. patting yourself on the exactly. back. Exactly, yeah. I said the hockey gods were in, not me. No, but yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. Um, but obviously, not the greatest coach to put Kovalchuk with, with Claude Julian, who's a defensive-minded structural coach. And Kovalchuk's going to have to adjust his game. But again, John, I don't see this player as a 15- or 17-minute-night player. I see him as 12 to 14 minutes, put him on the power play, end of period situations, offensive zone players. But obviously, even... If it doesn't work out, he's not a washed-up bun like some people. And I've been getting tweets now every day about, like, oh, you know, you champion this guy. He's a bum, a has-been. Obviously not a has-been. I mean, I'm not sure if it's going to work in Montreal or not. Give um, me a goal total. Come on, call your shot. What's he going to put up it there? It depends, John, because here's the, here's the problem. If he doesn't do well, and they've got um, Joe Armia, uh, Jonathan Drouin, Brendan Gallagher and Paul Byron on injured reserve. If those guys don't come, if those guys come back and he doesn't produce, it could be a really short stay. Okay. Right? So Still, give me a number. Um, Where do you set the over-under? Uh, for the rest of the season, that's 40 games. Yeah. I got to think seven. Seven goals? Seven goals. Okay. That would be 15 Because if you goals. were giving me the over-under on the number of times this horn is going to blow, yeah, before, I would take the over on it's seven. It's bad defense, John. It's worse defense than, you know, than we saw in the... Uh, in the, I'm going in the over on juniors. the horn. Exactly. You're going over All right. on the horn. Um, I, I, but I, I want to say one thing about the Kovalchuk thing, and I mentioned it to you during the game. I'm, I'm not sure the way this spun out and with him and the way things ended with um, uh, with Voinov, I'm not sure this, that the Kings are, are, are in love with 
signing players from Russia anymore, to be honest with you. I, I, think, they, I think they've got reservations about bringing players over at this point. I know they have in the past. Um, I think that prevented them from drafting the kid, uh, um, the kid who was high, who was drafted by, I think, Vancouver in the first round, the Pudzlotkin kid. Uh, from when the was draft. this? No, in the, in the last draft. 2019? Yeah. Oh, they were never in on yeah. him. Yeah, well, exactly. No, they, so they, just, had, they had their sights on other players. I think that there is probably now the mindset that um, I, I don't think you're going to see a lot of players coming over from the Cade coming to Los Angeles. I just think that their, their appetite for the type of player and spending the money they did and wasting the money on, on Kovalchuk, I, I think there's reservations now about bringing players over. Well, they certainly scout over there enough, and they've talked yes. about um, the need to add, especially at a certain age level, players yeah. as unrestricted free agents like they did with Fantenberg. These, yeah. these are bridge players, and there are some attractive players over in Russia, but I, I would agree with you that I don't think any of those bridge players will be added to the LA Kings this summer, coming summer or in the summer after that. And plus, they're still paying for enough, and you know, they, they paid a lot of money for Kovalchuk, so I'm, I'm not sure that the, the wallet of the owner is really open right now to doing that. Well, you don't need to uh, spend need on, to. on big money on players right now because you need inexpensive short-term bridge players to get you to all the prospects that will yeah. be there anyway. Uh, circle the date, fans. March 17th, Kovalchuk and the Montreal Canadiens <laughs> will be back in Los Angeles. Yes. And we will unfortunately have to answer the questions once again. It's, all right. Unfortunately for you, you hate that. I, I'm topic. just, I'm over it. It wasn't exciting to talk about it. It's no. been all anybody wanted to talk about since Todd McClellan was hired. There are so many exciting things in this organization to talk about right now. I say this so, many, so often, I feel like a broken record. This is a great time to be a fan of the LA Kings. They're deep on prospects. They have the right coach. They have a vision. They have a plan. You know, th- this, is, this is very similar and to I what was happening in 06 to 09. I will say this about the fans, John. Like, it wasn't a sellout tonight. But it was, and I know it's the holiday season, so maybe there's more time to attend games since a weekend game. It's a really good crowd tonight. It, it, the, the fans were, you know, top row in the, in the arena, in the corners. It was a really, really good crowd. I think it's, it's starting to resonate because I think the last six or seven weeks you could see this, and obviously, you know, from their 4-9 and nine start, it's been a lot better play. But I think that it is resonating with the fans. And I, I agree with you, John. And this is with a team that's in transition, and those names that we talk about every podcast, they're still not here. Right? Most of the guys are not here. So I, I do think it, it's starting to resonate. So I think the crowds will gradually come back. I'm not saying it's going to sell out like they had to sell out street back in the day. But I do think it's resonating with the fans at this point. I'm very interested to see what happens with the attendance after the trade deadline, trade deadline right. depending upon who leaves. Also, a little, little side note to the Kobolchuk thing, though. Him signing in Montreal actually, I think, helps the Kings because for teams like Boston that have shown interest in Toffoli in the past yeah, and even to a lesser extent Carter – that could help them because Montreal didn't appear to be in on Toffoli or Carter before. So Agreed. perhaps it was a blessing in disguise with Kovalchuk signing in Montreal. There's, there's my Kovalchuk comment. That's it. Uh, the Flyers game, back to the New Year's Eve game. Curtis McDermott received yeah. a two-game suspension. A lot of uh, craziness going on down there by the Flyers bench. So <laughs> McDermott is suspended right. two games. Right. What's your, what's your take on the situation? Letter of the law, it's what happened. You know, people talking about he lowered himself. If you watch the video of the suspension uh, from the NHL from the player safety, uh, he, the level of his head didn't change through the entire play. He hit him in the head, and that was yeah. the the primary point. Of, not the not the first initial point of contact, but the principal point of contact was his head. I have no problem with the suspension now. I thought oh, I'm going to say ahead. I yeah, thought please. it was a suspendable play. Yes. When they showed the replay in the arena that night, I remember turning and saying, "Oh, that's a suspension. Yeah. That, that's a problem." Yeah. Because the optics of it were wrong. Yeah. It just it, it, I, I think the attention of him going over the boards and then coming back on the ass. I think that distracted people. But when you watch the video, no problem with the suspension. Now, that said, McDermott goes into the bench, 
tries to get up, gets up on the boards, and gets shoved back on the ice. I have a problem by, with by that. Shane Gosses. I asked Todd about that, and Todd winked. He said, you know what? If that was our guy, if that was our bench and somebody felt to our bench, I probably want them to shove the guy back on the ice as well. Well, I have a problem with the fact that, that there's no discipline for that because, to me, by not addressing that, yeah. now you've opened up a bigger can of worms because now another guy is going to do that, and if he's suspended, then they're going to try to use past precedent. They're going to try to use what happened yeah. with Ghost, and then they're going to try to argue that, that the PA is going to want to get involved. Or where, where do you draw the line now? So, Do you think what, it's what, a suspension, John, or a fine? I, I'm just asking the question. So what if he would have hit him with a stick? So what? shoving him like that, which was di- very dangerous, okay? Shoving him, there's no consequence. There's not a fine. There's nothing. What if you would have hit him with a stick? Well, then what? Is that Okay. It's like no, whatever happens I, on the bench is okay that. now. That's not. It's, it, it doesn't need to be uh, a suspension or a fine. Here's the bottom line. I'm sure Curtis McDermott got Shane Gossis Bears uh, number for two weeks from tonight in Philly. I'm sure that will be that will be taken care of in Philadelphia. Um, I don't know, John. I I think it, it it the only way it would have been an issue, and I get the point of, of opening Pandora's box with this, but he wasn't injured. Right, so I don't think that unless it caused. So now we're back to if he was injured, then we're going to do something about it. But because he wasn't injured, then they don't do anything. Then it's just a shot. So then what? You get finding somebody for shoving someone. That's what it was. It's it on the bench suspension on the shoving. You you can't you can't do that. Okay, didn't kick him. Okay, so so Ryan Clow did nothing wrong then when he played the the puck with the stick. Well, that's over the board. That's not you're you're talking about a player. Just just his stick was just hanging over the boards. No big deal. You're talking about a player safety issue, not a, a rules violation. Okay. Two different things. So you want to spend the guy for shoving. Okay. No, I, I, want, a, I want a rule that establishes that you can't touch another player when he comes onto your bench. Okay. Like, well, give me a that's got to be happening in the offseason with GMs okay. to change that rule. Well, somebody needs to address that. Okay. Saturday, January 18th, though, which also happens to be Conor McGregor uh, versus Cowboy yeah. Cerrone in Las Vegas. It's oh, a yeah. big night. Big night. But uh, that Am is I, it a day game? Let me look that up real quick. Nope, that no. is a night game. So that'll be 4 p.m. 4 Pacific. The That's UFC the prelims don't start till 5. You should be good, fans. <laughs> Saturday, January 18th. Tune in. The Kings against the Flyers. Ghost against McDavid. Round two. It'll be fantastic. Okay. Hopefully, there'll be more than just shoving McDermott, on the bench. Did I say McDavid? I said McDavid. McDavid. Give me a break, What's McDavid. Okay. McDermott. McDermott. Curtis McDermott. Yeah, he, he's got his number, no, sh- okay. no, no doubt. Uh, continuing with our lap around the NHL that has sort of a king slant on it. Yeah. You have the All-Star game coming up. The mm-hmm. rosters were announced. Yeah. Andre Kopitar, to the surprise of nobody, uh, was the, I think we're at the third horn, by the way. I had the, what, the over-under eight was to four. That's okay. why the score game was eight to four. It's a bad, well, we had the over-under eight on the horns. Yeah. It's, it's bad goaltending. Bad goaltending? Yeah. Okay. It's eight to four. Um, Kopitar will represent the LA Kings. You now have I forget what they call it, DB. What last they, man, last in. man in. Yeah. You have the vote going on. Fans, your voice can be heard. If you want John Scott in the NHL All Star Game again, yeah. make that happen. <laughs> uh, Drew Doughty, I guess, is on the ballot for yep. this. And there's a DB apparently. There's a, Cal- a faction of people in Calgary that yeah. want Drew Doughty on. Calgary Radio is stumping for Drew Doughty to get in so he can be Matthew Kachuk's teammate at the All Star Game. Okay. Dowdy's over the whole subject. He's tired of t- he, he's tired of talking about it the way I'm tired of talking about, about Kovalchuk. <laughs> but I think Drew would be a great addition to the All Star. Drew team, would be right? fantastic. Right, exactly. He, he's 
He's designed. He's made for he's that. Made right. for, Agreed. I mean, drawing with Drew, by the way, tonight, I tweeted this out. I don't need another <laughs> Star Wars reference the rest no. of my life. Oh, no. But that might have been my favorite episode of uh, drawing yeah. with Drew. He, he, had, he, he had just no clue no, on what to like, draw. He's like, this is going to be the hard. This is so hard. This is terrible. This is yeah. going to be horrible. I, and, and then he ends up drawing, uh, writes up there, Luke, Luke. And then Wagner says, Darth, Darth Vader. Vader. Yeah. He's like, oh, you're too good at this. They're going to kick you off the show. <laughs> Who's going to kick him off the show? Is he there like an executive no idea what producer draw. of drawing with Drew <laughs> yeah. that's going to sit down young Austin Wagner and See, tell him, you're too dude, good. you're too good. You're we like can, the Jeopardy we, champion. We can't, you're undefeated. We can't have you on Drew. drawing with Drew anymore. Yeah, that was fantastic. Was, he had no idea uh, what, what to draw. I, I was literally in tears he in the was. press box. Like That was just so good. Exactly. So good. Drawing with Drew is amazing. Exactly. Uh, bring him to the All-Star game, fans. Yes. Put Drew in... Calgary Radio, great idea. Let Dowdy hook up with Kachuk. Oh, there you go. One. We're up to Ninth five. goal. Okay, here wow. we go. Uh, quick update for you, DB, before we get to the Pacific Division. Yeah. Speaking of NHL-related things, because the NHL, this uh, the last couple days, they were talking about the Winter Classic, which right. we addressed earlier in Minnesota. You know, the stadium series is coming yep. to Colorado Springs, which you're probably, oh, here we go. <laughs> That's the it's, final horn, John. Is it? Thank Please goodness. tell me that's the last horn. Yeah, get up. Yeah, uh, the stadium is, series is coming. And the official, I know we leaked some stuff back yeah, yeah, a while yes, ago, did, yes. but the official, official, official <laughs> Stadium Series jerseys, um, the ETA is real close. Oh, as in, really? very, very close. As so, in before the end of this month. Uh, before the end of January? Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're so talking like days, like maybe days. a week. Okay, yeah, it's coming cool. soon. So we'll have some news on that with the official Stadium Series jersey, uh, hopefully pretty soon. All right, let's wrap up today's show, DB, by talking about the Pacific Division. Yeah. Because what I want to know is, what are you more intrigued with? You have the race at the top of the Pacific. You have Vancouver, who's won seven in a row. Yeah. Um, you have Vegas. They seem to have sort of, you know, rejuvenated themselves. You have Arizona, who has some goaltending problems. We'll get into that. Yeah. But you have sort of a three-team race going on at the top of the division, yeah. and you have a three-team race going on at the bottom of the division <laughs> between San Jose, L.A., and Anaheim. Which race is more intriguing to you, <laughs> Vancouver, Vegas, and Arizona, or San Jose, L.A., and Anaheim? Well, from a quality of play, it's the top of the division. But Oh, you're um, wrong, D.B. <laughs> Well, Who cares? It won't be the first time. Won't be okay. the last. It's just that um, I don't know. I watched San Jose play in Columbus and win, win that game. And which team? I'm sorry, San Jose. San Jose in Columbus. They're they, horrible. You know, yeah, they're so bad. <laughs> like, no, I don't no. get it. I know um, because they have you know once in a while they have some brilliant um, performances. Like Burns won the game for them today. Um, I, I it's very interesting. Vancouver's won seven in a row. And you would think that next year would have been there, and they have yeah. great talent for work. They are but, coming early. But Jacob Markstrom has been great in net for them. Um, they seem to be finding their way defensively. Um, Travis Green, nobody talks about. And we talk about Mike Sullivan, done a great job in, in, in Pittsburgh with respect to Coach of the Year. Obviously, again, Barry Trotz in, in New York. But, uh, coach you gotta, of the Year? Yeah. Jack Adams? Yeah. Rick Tockett. Just give him the award right now. Well, if Vancouver wins the division, then who? Ah, Arizona. Mm. Arizona's going to go deeper in the playoffs. Maybe. They're built for the playoffs more than Vancouver. Mm, not with that offense and not built for Well, the there playoffs. is a problem, though. You mentioned Markstrom. He was added to the All-Star game, right? Or he's yeah, going to be? yeah, he's going to be in the okay. All-Star game. Uh, there is a problem in Arizona. Yeah. And you do need a goaltender to win in the playoffs. <laughs> right. And uh, Kemper's hurt. Now Ranta's tonight, hurt. Yeah, Ranta went okay. out tonight. And Tucker did not have a – he went out in the third period, lower body injury, I believe. He doesn't have an update, may have an update tomorrow. Without Ranta and without Kemper for a while, Aiden Hill came in in relief against Philly and did not play well. Gave up a couple of really bad goals. So that's I know a Conn Smythe uh, winner, two-time Stanley Cup champion, who would really would be a great backstop for you that. You want back. They've got, they've got cap issues. You're going to have to bring back a contract. Uh, bring back somebody with some short-term paper. Bring okay. a bridge deal back. 
Uh, cough up some picks. Let's go. Get you're it done. Dreaming, you're dreaming. I'm, I'm t- unless that's a ma- unless one of those two injuries are major. Ranta I'm, was. I'm sorry, not Ranta, but uh, Kemper was originally due back around the All Star break. Yeah, uh, he was due back towards the end of January, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah, so, yeah. so it's not going to be. That Darcy comes back. It's not. I don't think it's going to be uh, a season ending for each one, either one of those players. But it's going to hurt them right now in a race where they rely on that goaltending, John. That's what they're built on. To be honest with you, I mean, Taylor Hall's come in. They really hasn't done much, and you know when. Kind of Garland and Derek Stepan. They have they have a nice team, John. It's like I think you think they're more dangerous in the postseason than I do. I yes. think they could easily That's a go. smothering team. I think that they're going to surprise a lot of people. Yeah, I guess you're going to go back to Daryl Sutter playing the three-two league in the, nah, in the postseason. <laughs> I guess that that's the way they're going to win games. I just ask Kopitar about the Coyotes. Okay, I will ask him. All right, okay, I'll ask him. I will. That I team promise. has speed. That team yeah, also plays smothering style. They keep coming at you. They roll lines. I'm really interested to see how they play in the first round. And, and it, it depends on their opponent, too, to okay. be honest with you. All right, so you're in there. Uh, Vancouver, so what, are you, you're, on, you're starting to join yeah, the wagon now? I, I just like that team. And plus, you know, you have a couple of chips they could trade. Like, Jake Vertanen's had a great season, but they, they could probably trade him for some, some more defensive help. Malmstrom's proven Defensive himself. help. Ben Hutton was available. They let him walk. <laughs> By the way, back to yeah. uh, Arizona, they yeah. also... I mean, they don't have to pick up 32. There's a guy here wearing a 36 jersey they could, that would yeah. be available in they a trade help. as well. So, uh, Rob Blake, call up your buddy down there and uh, swing another deal <laughs> for a goaltender. Exactly. Um, I like Vancouver. I like them a lot. I, I think they, I thought they were one year away, but certainly they've responded, and they're an exciting team. So, I'd like to see them in the postseason. Look, if they keep this up, they could be in contention for division. But when you look at division, John, overall, I think top to bottom, Vegas is the team. If they can go f- trade – for one more defender because I think they need it. Oh, they absolutely right? they need, need one more defender. That's the right, one thing that they've always sort of has have been missing is that defense by committee. That number one yeah. defenseman. They don't have an Oliver Ekman Larson. They, they don't, don't have, have a John Drew Doughty. Right. They don't have a Carlson. They don't have a Roman Yossi. They don't yeah. have that guy. No, no they did yeah, do it by, by committee. committee. And look, the trade, the, the one good thing about that team is that it worked out. The Pacioretty trades worked for both teams. Montreal got great value. Suzuki and Tatar went to Montreal, and Max has had a great season in there. But you know, there was—I know you ever say Kings on Kings crime. There was Walsh on Walsh crime in that game because <laughs> Pacioretty and David Perron, who should probably be oh. also game, went at it. And I'm just thinking about Alan Walsh. When was this game, game? Today, yeah. Oh well, Walsh is over in the Czech Republic right oh, now, although World Juniors. Same well, yeah, and, and uh, his player was traded for he's sleeping. He's sleeping. So Walsh is just having <laughs> yeah. a hell of a trip over there to Europe exactly. right now. Exactly. But um, I think top to bottom. Vegas probably Walsh was on Walsh's crime. Yeah, How did you not tweet that? That is gold right there. Because, you know, that's your purveyance, John. That's, okay, that's, that's, I don't want to st- well, That's your brain. Next time. That would have been fantastic. Yeah, it was Walsh on Walsh's crime there. It was, it was great. They were going Walsh on Walsh's yeah. crime. And David Perron has been fantastic for that team, man. He, I mean, look, they already have three guys in the All-Star game. They have Ryan O'Reilly, um, um, Alex Petrangelo, and uh, Jordan Bennington. But he might get the votes because the game's in St. Louis. So, of course. But he's had a fantastic season for that team, and that team looks dangerous. Even though they didn't play well against Colorado the other night, um, they look really, really ready. And if they would go out and get a guy like uh, Jean-Gabriel Pajot maybe to help them down a little bit more. I, you think he gets moved? Yeah, I think so. I think because I'm not sure the player wants to stay there because of all the bitterness of seeing other players leave mm-hmm. Ottawa. I think they have you know, the semblance of something they can build from uh, – I love Brady Kachuk. Um, Shabot, uh, Shabbat plays more minutes than anybody in the league right now. So I think that – and they have – and, Joe, the way it works out, you know, that Vander Kane trade, Ottawa's could have a top-five pick because he signed in, in San Jose. So they have two high – two first-round high picks. I'm not sure Pasho wants to stay there because 
the owner and the general manager, I don't think I think there's a lack of respect in the room with respect to the more veteran players. So I think and that and plus here's the thing, John, contract year. We always talk about contract year. John P- Gabriel Pajot is on track for like 28 goals. Are you going to pay him over term for 28 goals? No, he's a 3C. So the question is, is he? You think he's about 3-5 right now? You can't pay that player six million dollars a year. He's not a six million dollar year no. player. So how much of a bump do you give him? How much term do you give him? Um, I, I'm not sure Hometown he's inclined guy, to though. stay there. Hometown. I'm not sure he's inclined to stay there because of, of just the history of the franchise and seeing so much talent walk out the door, and they are still ways away. And I heard somebody pitching a couple weeks ago the idea of him, quote unquote, helping the franchise by leaving and, and then coming back. back and signing a deal. And I, I, I just never like that idea. It's so risky because a guy gets somewhere yeah. and he likes it. And it's just tough to come back. Well, then let me ask a question to expand that to this team, 13. We've talked about that before. Yeah. And um, I, it's possible, but I think it's a risk. I think it's very okay. risky. I think it's all up to the player, basically. Yeah, it is. I think, I know, what you're, I I that. think that you, you go to him and you ask him, look, it's up to you. If you want to stay, let's do the deal. You're done. I, I told you this before. He would have signed for more years when he signed the five-year deal. He would have signed for more years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he wants to be an L.A. King. He, he's one of those players that has the tattoo on his rear end. So, yeah, I know. You know. Well, if they were really smart, what they do is they're going to trade you for a conditional pick, and here's the number and here's the term. Yeah. Or if there's a term. And, and when you come back on July 1, we'll sign you. And when, any, when anybody else offers you, if anybody else offers you a deal, you call us, and we're going to yeah. figure out a way to get it done. Agreed. Uh, yeah, so I, I think there's, there's a unique possibility. But I agree with you on the risk, John. And, John, how much, how much, when does that really happen? It happens rarely, but also, right. again, we mentioned this a couple shows ago, yeah. the real risk is what if it uh, plays out the way that you want? In other words, if Clifford says, I want to go to a contender, I do want another crack of the cup. If yeah. he wins the cup there, even though he's been there for a short yeah. time, there is a bonding that takes place on the grind of the room, Stanley Cup. Team, right. And there's an emotional pull. And if you go to the right city that right. fits with his family and his kids and everything, it could work. And if he ever looks around and sees the cost of living, let's be honest, he's not Kopitar making $11 million a year. There's a cost of living benefit to a player like Kyle Clifford uh, in other cities rather than living in the South Bay. So, uh, DB, San Jose, L.A., Anaheim, who finishes at the bottom? Uh, Anaheim is in in last place right now, but they have a couple games in hand. San Jose is falling like a rock. Uh, The Kings keep winning and screwing it up. So (laughs) It's just that... I got to it's tough to say LA because they have so if you look at their schedule John they have a ton of home games to finish the season. Yeah. Like they go back on the road after this stretch of games here with uh Columbus and I forget the other team that they're playing but um and then they go back on the road there's more road games. So by the time we get to the trade deadline is a team going to be they may not have the veteran talent but they got all these home games so I'm I'm I watch Anaheim play John and I got to think that Anaheim's going to going to finish last. I'm going to go with San Jose only because I think that they will have the least players traded off that team, so I think what we're seeing is what we're going to get. And I think with Anaheim, you could see some of the younger players continue to develop and they'll be better in the second half. And I think with LA, there will be an an infusion of youth as some of the veterans leave here, and that will create some excitement. So with San Jose, I just think that they're going down sort of a spiral. Uh, And I mean, unless they plan on like Vlasic, I heard some thoughts there about training him. And for Anaheim, you know, would they right now? You could probably get a first round pick for uh, for Silverberg. So are they are they tempted to move out um, with that Silverberg or I don't see it (laughs) or a Henry? That's the question. Do you really want to make room? It is a big swing, but 
You know, it, it's your 37 points, and the team is so woeful offensively. So, I'm not sure. You have to be patient if you're an Anaheim Ducks fan because those young players, yeah. you have a lot of offensive talent there. You have a lot of opportunity. And these kids weren't going to come in and light up the lamp this year, and you weren't going to be contending for the Pacific Division. I think you do have to be patient and sort of let it play yeah. out before you start dealing with those players. But, DB, that's going to put a wrap on Episode 17. What another fantastic hour. Yep. Great stuff that was covered. We didn't even need a guest this time. No, we, did. we went 60 minutes without a guest. We'll talk to everybody soon. Thanks for listening. Episode 17, Kings of the Podcast. Take care, DB. This week at Macy's, get great deals on fashion and home essentials. Update your wardrobe with 20% off new spring shoes and sneakers. And 20 to 50% off fresh looks for him and her. Plus, transform your space with Lux Hotel Collection Bedding, now 40% off. And Macy's Star Rewards members can earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.